So if you have your Bibles and would turn with me to Galatians, chapter 3 is where we are at in this amazing letter from Paul, and it is impacting to my life. I hope it is to yours. This is uh, really critical stuff for daily life in Christ. I saw a movie once. I know. (laughs) I saw a movie. (laughs) It was called No Escape. It was about a family who had moved to an Asian country. They were kind of going to be there for business, and they were just settling in a little hotel, and all of a sudden there's a coup in the country. There are people getting murdered on the streets. There are people running around with rifles. So they, they escaped up to the top of this hotel, and they barred so that they were like with these other people that were safe now at the top of the hotel on the roof, and they were sitting there in relative safety. But it was a little hallucinatory kind of because there are still these people below them running around with rifles. So what they needed to do to really escape was to jump from the roof of this hotel onto the roof of another building. And I got it why they didn't want to. I don't know about you. I have a fear of heights. It's like really hard for me even to jump over a little tiny gap. This was a gap they had to take a running start and jump. I think Christianity is like that. I think for many of us, we start to get this idea. We we get the wonder of, oh no, there's danger, there's sin. I I need help. I need a savior. And so we we escape up to the roof, you know, and we think conversion and, and, and then, but we're afraid to actually take the leap that real trust in Jesus is about our lives. You know, we think there must be another way. You know, maybe I can climb down the edge. Maybe I can continue to have the life that I, that I, 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 I always thought ought to be logically. So we hear the good news of Jesus. We hear that we're forgiven, but we're clinging to ourselves and our ways. We, we are. I am. To, and we struggle to really receive the truth of Jesus Christ is for us. It's not hard at the beginning. Well, like, Yahoo, Jesus is for us, and this is amazing. I don't know about you. I had this. I had this escape from the, the terribleness. I was going to hell, and I, I, I had the words of the gospel that hit my heart. And I was like, yes, this is real. Jesus saves me. But the actual Christian living, I tried to mix in, you know. I stayed on the roof. So I'm going to invite you today through the Passion of Paul in this incredibly important book of Galatians. We're in chapter 3. And he has started with the premise of radical life in Christ by trusting him. And then he has given his credentials. Chapter 2 is essentially that, right? He talked about how he had the authority to proclaim this message to you and me, us Gentiles. A wonder of Christ for us. God told him to. Jesus told him to directly. And and so, well, what is the so? Here it is. It starts with how you think you're going to live this life that you have begun in Christ. You you know, is your flesh, who you are, your ego, now going to be built into a better you? You know, sanctified flesh with obedience-based living, or are you going to live by trusting God for you? Walking by the Spirit. Now that sounds wooey, so we tend to push it aside and say, well, I know concretely what I can do. I can, I can please God by what I do, so I'm going to choose this obedience-based life, and I'm going to get my value in it. But that's not the Bible. That's not taking the leap that you and I 
need to take. To really trust that his spirit indwells us. Radical. And yet this is the message of the Bible. And I want to show you. I want you to receive it. I want you to take the leap with me. I, I, I think it's incredible the wonder of the promise and who we get to have in Christ. So Galatians chapter 3. And what it starts with is the Holy Spirit for your whole life. Not just for the beginning. Not just this Lord, sort of like, oh yeah, my eyes got open and I received Jesus. But what about life after? What about the life I live now? So let's read from Paul. Verse 1. Oh, foolish Galatians. Who has bewitched you? It was before your eyes that Jesus Christ was publicly portrayed as crucified. So it's like, he's starting, right? He's like, oh, you guys, you're going astray. Who's led you this way? Why are you thinking these things? Clearly you know, right? The central piece of everything that we are is what? Jesus Christ and him crucified. Everything, everything, not your obedience, not your love, not your sacrifice, not you and your works, his. Say, yeah, 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 Dax, I got it. That's the start, right? (laughs) No, no, that's the whole thing. Paul is pointing to the start to make sure you don't move away into you because that's what we do. Let me ask you, he says, only this. Did you receive the Spirit by works of the law or by hearing with faith? So this is a rhetorical question. That means he already knows the answer. How did you get the Holy Spirit inside you? Okay, think about that. He's not asking if you have him. He's not asking, well, maybe you don't. Maybe you believe in Jesus, but you don't have the Holy Spirit, like some people want to say. No, no, no. Paul's like, if you believe in Jesus, you have the indwelling Holy Spirit. That's from Ephesians 1, 2, right? right? Ephesians says we're sealed with the Holy Spirit when we come to know Jesus. You have the Holy Spirit. How did you get him inside you? Well, I believe in Jesus. Yeah, exactly. You didn't like do 12 things for God to get the Holy Spirit. If you do one more thing, 13 things, then he's definitely going to give you the Holy Spirit. No, that's all junk. We know it. We say, no, no, this works-based righteousness. We don't do that. We do Jesus. Christ in him crucified. I trust him. I get the Holy Spirit. That was me. My eyes being opened. The Holy Spirit seals me. This is sort of Christianity 101. This is the basis, right? You received it by promise. Jesus promised it. I get it. (laughs) Oh, it's good. Here's the follow-up. Everybody says that. Well, nobody I know is going to say, did you receive the Spirit by works of the law? No. I received it by hearing with faith. I heard. I trusted. Okay, he says. Then are you so foolish? Having begun by the Spirit, are you now being perfected by the flesh? Wait. This is the wrench that we throw in so much of what we hear in in Christian circles. This is where the attacks come from, right? This is the basis for your ongoing life. If you've begun in the Spirit, that's how you're saved. And and, and now these false teachers are being brought in. And and so you now are talking about now you and the Holy Spirit working. And so often that's what we call sanctification. 
It's me working on my holiness. It's my obedience. to lo- It helps to improve my flesh. Me, Dax, you, whoever you are, your ego, that's the flesh, right? It's not, it's, not your, it's not material flesh. We're not Gnostics to say that, oh, no, you know, my skin is now glowing. No, it's talking about how you see your Christian life. Do you see it as you being an improving person so that you stand before God holy in your works? Or do you think you receive that holiness by promise of the risen Savior who gives the Spirit? And, and Paul says, are, are you foolish to even think that you sort of approach God on the basis of your works after you've been saved? Like you do disciplines and, you know, you take actions that continue to advance you and to please God. You need to get to work. And this, Paul says, is the effort of our flesh. I desperately want to give God something from me, my flesh. Paul's like, after that, did you suffer so many things in vain, if indeed it was in vain? He says, let me see, the the persecution that you have, the trouble that you've gone through, was it in vain? Like you won't get off the roof? You escaped up, you're breathing, I I know you are, but, but won't you jump? Because the what you need is the new building. You need to be on the new foundation, that's what you need. I think of my, my own efforts. You know, I want to lose weight. I bring on the pain, man. I start eating only salads. Yeah, that's my wimpy way to say bring on the pain. But then, oh, it calls to me. I just, I blame my wife. She baked cookies for the kids. I want just one. Yeah, I, I, I called her. I mean, what am I, what am I doing? No, 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 no. That's not the way. That's not going to get me where I want to go. But th- this is the thought of Paul, right? Only surround you trusting in Jesus and what he's done. Jesus did it, and then like an addict, right? We want to go back and have a handful of carbs. Sort of the self-righteousness of our own works. I, I long for it. I don't want to jump off the building. It's scary. It's scary to say that my whole life It's going to be lived by the Spirit of God who's going to work in me. That sounds very scary. I need lots more information about what exactly he's going to do. So this summary question. Does he who supplies the Spirit to you and works miracles among you do so by works of the law or by hearing with faith? It's a big deal for Paul. It's like he's talking to people who are already saved. They've already professed Christ. They're already in the gate. They're already standing in the church. They're sitting there, but, 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 they want to go back. They want to reintroduce works of the law. That's the Ten Commandments. That's obedience to the Mosaic Code. That's bearing the right marks because that's what God wants is for you to get there. Instead of saying, no, I live by the Spirit, I heard that I get this in Christ and I trust Him. This is Paul, the proclaimer of the gospel, the one who supplies the Spirit. He's done that by what he's said to them. And, and, And he's saying, is it by your works of obedience to the law that you stay there? Or is it simply by hearing and trusting? It's really interesting that he doesn't say, he who saved you. 
Right? I mean, look at the verse. Does he who supplies the Spirit to you? Because that's going to be the question, right? Do you really trust that, that Jesus, who saved you on the cross, is, isn't he the one who also supplies the Spirit to you? Or is it something else? Is it you supplying the Spirit to you by making sure you're plugged into the right plug? Making sure you pray the right prayer? Making sure you read the right book? Making sure you do the right stuff? Or is it he who supplies the Spirit to you is Christ who adores you, child? Because he does. Right, that, that's the thought from John 3 that we read just a little while ago, right? I, I, let me put it up. Jesus Christ, the Son of God, speaking to Nicodemus, Pharisee, who is a God-fearer, and he says to him, the wind blows where it wishes, and you hear it sound, but you don't know where it comes from or where it goes. So it is with the Holy Spirit? No. So it is with everyone who's born of the Spirit. Who's that? Dare I say that's you. So what does that mean, Dax? What does that mean for my life? He's talking about those who are born of the Spirit, which is us who have been born of the Spirit. So we get the Holy Spirit. Say, Everybody in here who trusts in Jesus has the Holy Spirit. And then I can say something even more about your life. You're going to get blown where he wants. Guess what? I guarantee it's not going to be where you want. I hate that. I want to say, no, no, I can control this. I got the spirit now, and so by my will and volition, by my strength of character, by my choices, I can get now with this extra powerful thing I have called the spirit, I can get to where I want to go, Dax wants to go. That will be, let me just tell you, a healthy, everybody loves me, God is affirming my wonderful choices, and then I will die a blessed life, and they'll have a funeral eulogy saying Dax was a great and godly man. Got it. That's where Dax is going to go because Dax has chosen. And I am in... Con- oh, wait. The Spirit's going to blow you wherever. I don't want the Spirit to blow me into cancer. I don't want the Spirit to blow me into where my kids are having trouble or, 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 or where these different circumstances are. I, don't, I, I want to say I know the steps that are righteous steps that get me to God. And then, and then now the word of Paul, the, my, my apostle, the one who heard from Jesus for me and for you. And he says, no, the answer for your life is you have the Spirit. You are a beloved saint. You are holy in Christ. And you are going to get blown all over that you don't even understand. What is it again? The wind blows where it wishes and you hear it sound, but you don't know where it comes from or where it goes. So is everyone born of the Spirit. I don't live your life. He blows us in different directions. We're used for different things. But if you have the Spirit, I know there's going to be fruit in it. Well, only if it conforms to my understanding of what the Ten Commandments are. No, it doesn't. Jesus didn't say that. Right? I just don't know. We say, you and I, oh yes, it's about hearing and trusting, but we struggle with this. I'm going to quote a guy from Galatians, Thomas Schreiner. He wrote commentary, a good scholar. He says, the Christian life is a battle to rely on the gospel. And even as Christians, we're inclined to look at ourselves and trust in our own achievements rather than relying solely on the cross of Christ. That's right. Our evidences are not 
Our sin-free living, our wonderful obedience, our incredible families, our successful lives, our evidence is what? He started the chapter with it. Jesus Christ was crucified and he rose again. The Holy Spirit was given. How do I know? Jesus was crucified and he rose again. The, the way we continue is the way we started, by the power of the Spirit entrusted to us. Now, some objections to that. I, I don't totally like that. I, I, I struggle in my flesh against that. Why? Because if you tell people it's all just trusting Jesus, they're going to be lazy, slothful people. They're going to goof off. I, I don't personally see that, but... But if you do say that, then, well, why are you the one that gets to decide what goofing off is? Right? Like the, 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 the concern there is you're not going to bear fruit if you don't take control and apply yourself as you think other people should apply themselves. And I get it. That's because we hold on tight to this idea of, man, it's by my perseverance that I get blessing. No, it's by the Spirit. right? Or, or I associate Christ. You're associating Christ with sin. No, but, but my Christian life is about forgiveness, right? Not improvement. Am I forgiven? Your answer to that question, are you forgiven? Had better be a resounding, full-hearted, throated, yes! Jesus Christ has shed his blood on me. I, I'm pure and holy in Christ. I, I have his Holy Spirit in me. You can't take it away from me. You, you, you see, my real objection is that's in my head. It's that my way of blessing, I think, is law-keeping. Empowered self-righteousness. And, 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 and to that, you've just got to say No. You just got to get off the ledge. You just got to take the leap. You, the way of blessing is to be in the family. And that is by the cross. Grace all the way, beloved child. And that is why Paul here, as he goes through this, and he's saying, what are you starting to believe, you guys? Don't do it. He brings up and he heads into Abraham. Look, verse 6. Just as Abraham believed God and it was counted to him as righteousness... We get to be in the family. Just like Abraham, a relationship based on what Jesus has done. Not by putting ourselves back in the, the, the Old Testament story and doing better than them. I mean, I do that all the time. I read through the Old Testament. I love the Old Testament. Such fabulous stories. And I go, I do it better than that. What are they doing? They're not even trusting God. They're worshiping false idols. And I start to do, if I was doing that, I would do way better. Oh, foolish Dax having begun by trusting what Jesus did for you, are you now going back and trusting what you're going to do for God? No. I need to realize I get to be in the family. And I get to be in the family by Jesus Christ and what he did alone. That's the message Paul's pushing to us. This is what he says in verse 7. Know then that it is those of faith who are the sons of Abraham. Now by faith, don't, don't, don't read in faithfulness. Read in trust. 
those of trusting Jesus and what he's done, that they're the sons of Abraham, says Paul. And the scripture foreseeing that God would justify the Gentiles by faith, preached the gospel beforehand to Abraham, saying, in you shall all the nations be blessed. So, so, so that's an actual quote, right? Where God, God says to Abraham, he's going to say all the nations will be blessed through you. And, and what he really means is Abraham's trust in God is, is going to lead towards Jesus Christ being the Savior in the line of Abraham, the line of David. And, and it's going to come and he's going to save. And that, that salvation is extended to the Gentiles, that's you and me. And we're blessed by what? By what Jesus has done. So then those who are of faith the trusters, right, are blessed along with Abraham, the man of faith. So, so he looks, Paul does directly at his opponents, he's, he, the Old Testament, right, and he's saying, oh, no, 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 no you've you got to understand. They're talking, and he's talking to people who had been rescued before they got the law. The law wasn't the way to salvation. The law was a way to relationship with God. You see, so what, what, remember the story? You remember the story with me. We did it. We did Exodus. God built a people, and they were in slavery. And then here comes God, and he rescues them. They're not law keepers. They're not doing something good for God. He rescued them, and he brought them through the Red Sea, and he killed all their enemies. And then he takes them to, the, to Mount Sinai, and he gives them the relationship parameters that they're going to have. Do you know what it included? First and foremost, circumcision. You take the sign. It's not a sign that everybody can see. They didn't parade around naked. Nobody knew. It was for them to know, I'm of the mark of, of God, I'm God's people, and, and, and God has set these things that if I do them, I will be blessed. In my living before God who has already rescued me. Boy, if that's not a picture of a lot of us, I don't know what is. We know God rescued us. We know the grace of God taking us through the Red Sea. We know Jesus died on a cross for us. But we desperately want to make sure we do this code so that we'll get blessed. What does Paul say? He says, no, their blessing is through Abraham and his trust. That's the point, right? trust that's god's plan this blessed group to be in the family of god along with abraham those who believe it's the basis for their blessing is the basis for their being in the family of god it's their faith that's always been and we try and make faith into something bigger than trust something bigger than belief but it's believing that jesus died on the cross for you he did he has done it all of your sin all of your sin that you're ever going to do all the bad things that you think, all the ways that your heart doesn't follow God's heart exactly. It's not like, oh, Jesus made it so now you can, with your strength and effort, get there. And those who get there, those are the final saved ones. Baloney. Don't you dare. Who has bewitched you? The whole thing is that Jesus did it for us. I started that way. You make it all the way that way. Trusting that Jesus has done it. So this thing called forgiveness is a real thing. This thing called my purity or my holiness, however you want to say it, my set-apartness is a real thing. It was done by Jesus on the cross. 
I actually get the Holy Spirit in me. This is an amazing thing. I, I say, but Dax, I don't see it. I don't, I'm supposed to feel different. I'm supposed to like, oh wait, I'm supposed to be able to touch people and they get healed? What's the, no, you have it by trust. You trust that God is using you as you're blown around in this life. That's what Paul is saying. Any other way, and, and you're under a curse. What do you mean a curse? I mean a curse. For all who rely on works of the law are under a curse, says Paul. He's talking to people who already say they trust in Christ, and yet they're saying, no, i gotta, I got to pull back to do these works. For it is written, cursed be everyone who does not abide by all the things written in the book of the law and do them. So if you are under the book of the law, then you are cursed if you don't do them. This is a quote of Deuteronomy 27. If you want to look, it's 27.26. It's also in 28.58. It's repeated. It's important. Look it up later. Those who don't keep the law are cursed. How tragic that people apply this that statement to Christians. No, we are not relying on ourselves and our works. We've jumped the gap. We, 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 we've leaped onto another foundation. We're standing on another building. Unless you haven't. Unless you haven't taken the leap. By trust. Not going to rely on myself and my works. I don't think that's going to keep the enemy at bay. The things I can do to keep myself holy with some help by God, like that's going to do it. It's not going to do it. It's not that I don't want it. Of course, I want to be holy in all my behavior because I want to reflect those things. I've got this desire. The problem is I don't do it. That's called Romans 7. Go check it out. Now, it's evident that no one is justified before God by the law. For the righteous shall live by faith. This is the quote of Habakkuk, right? But the reality is, it, it, no, he's not saying what we want to make it. What we want to say is, you are converted by faith and kept by what you do. doesn't say that, does it? It says, it's evident, no one just saw for the righteous shall live by faith. That's your daily living. That's your actual life. We're tempted to say, keeping the law is my faith. Right? I mean, I've, I've heard that a lot. And, and no, not words like that, but essentially like, you know, if you trust and obey, those go together. Those are the same thing, you know. No, no, no. The trust is the obedience. But we want to split it and say you trust, and then that leads you to obey the law. We even sing the silly song. I have trouble singing it now just because how people take it, not because it's not a good song. Trust and obey, for there's no other way to be happy in Jesus but to trust and obey. What's you obeying? What's the obey? Because you should say, trust and trust. There's no other way than trust and trust. But we want to make it something else that we do. See, see, let me make sure you see this. Verse 12, but the law is not of faith. Rather, the one who does them shall live by them. Do you see the law is another structure? It's another building you're standing on. It, 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 and you, you fight off the, 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 the evil below you by, by, by doing the works of the law and making sure that you stay right and, and trying to manage all your sin and trying to do it all and saying, yeah, Jesus saved me so I can do this fight and I can fight off the evil world. And, and, and wait a second. 
you're still not who you ought to be. Don't get me wrong. You're a child of God. That's the whole point. You've been saved by faith. You're loved by the king. But he saves you. He puts the spirit in you. He uses you as you. You've got to jump and say, yes, yes, Lord, I'm yours. As I am now, I know you adore me now. Because this thing you're going to try with the law and bring it back into faith is not going to work because the law is not of faith. If what you want to do is be judged by the law, you will be. It is not pretty. It will never be pretty. It accuses and condemns you. That's the Bible. You can, you can look at this in the Old Testament. Um, look at Leviticus 18. If you're a Bible student and want to look, 18.5, the law provide, provided sort of you... You live by this basis they were put under. This is not a legalistic covenant that he's fighting against. I, I, some people say, you know, we're talking about you know, law versus grace. No, the law was gracious. What do I mean? The law had provisions for failing. The law was graciously given by God that they might live and have blessing. This is the way that you should live, and this is, this is how you're going to do it. And then when you stumble in it, here's the sacrificial system. And, and it, the law provided for that. It, 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 it was very gracious. It was given to them after they got redeemed from Egypt. It's talking about the way you stayed in God's family, and you did it by getting the mark, by getting circumcision, which is part of the law. And then you did the law. The actions of obedience. And that's that's a whole way to do. It's a whole building. It's a whole foundation. It's a whole way to say I'm standing rightly before God. It's always by grace, but it's by the law. And we want to go there. It pulls us. Because we think we'll be better than them. And yet, it's gone. What I mean it's gone. I mean Jesus died on the cross. There's no more sacrificial system to be had. You cannot bring a sacrifice to God of an animal. The sacrifice that remains is the sacrifice of Christ for you. And he did it how often? Once for all. God died for you. It's big enough. It really is. You see, Jesus redeemed us, and that's where he goes. Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law. How? By becoming a curse for us. For it is written, cursed is everyone who is hanged on a tree. That's written in the Bible. And who was hanged on a tree? Jesus was. That's the cross. So that in Christ Jesus, the blessing of Abraham might come to the Gentiles, so we might receive the promised spirit through faith. You see, the curse, not being part of the family, is covered by what? By Jesus becoming a curse. So, so, so continuing by law-keeping is cursed. You're acting like Jesus didn't die on a cross. What are you doing? He took the curse. The argument that he's making is that the law curses those who don't keep the law. The argument that then he goes is righteousness is given life. Given. By trust. That's his thing, right? The law gives life on the basis of law. Jesus gives life on the basis of trust. Saying, do you trust him? You say, yeah, I trust him. You say, well, how much trust is enough? It's not measuring your trust. It's not like, well, if you have 18 degrees of trust, that's enough. No, it's you saying, yes, I'm taking the leap. 
I'm trusting Jesus for me. I've got nothing in me. If you just look at me, all you see is a sinner who doesn't do the law because the law condemns me. But don't stop there. Don't live in that leap. Because we're in Christ, and in Christ we're free from the law, and we're a child of God, and we're used by the Spirit to bear life everywhere. This is the message of the gospel. That's what it is. So Jesus Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse. The blessing of Abraham comes to us apart from the law and through the law because Jesus fulfilled it entirely. We get the blessing of the Holy Spirit. You and me. Through faith. And, and this ties back to, this, this is his whole argument, right? It ties back to the very beginning, which is how did you get the Spirit? Did you get it by doing good things and obeying God? Or did you do it by trusting Jesus? Only way I have the Holy Spirit is by trusting Jesus. He gives it to me. He's our guarantee. He's our seal. If, if, you, if you have this Holy Spirit, you're done. The key end to this is verse 14. Do you see it? So that in Christ Jesus, in our union with him, that's what we're after, right? The blessing of Abraham, that's God's people who are blessed by God, taken into the promised land, so we might receive this promised spirit, the blessing of Abraham, through faith rather than through the law. This is the message of the Bible. This is what you need to see. It's not just here in Galatians, but it's clearly here so that we might receive it and not ignore it. It's in other places. Let me give you a couple. Here, here's, here's our treasured beginning of Romans 8. It comes off Romans 7, which is how we don't do what we ought to do. And therefore we get Romans 8, 1. For there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Usually we stop there. There's now no condemnation, everybody. Yeah, why? Here's why. For, that's a, that's a therefore kind of thing, right? This is why. For the law of the spirit of life has set you free in Christ Jesus from the law of sin and death. Now, when we talk about freedom, this is what we're talking about. We're not saying, well, I'm just about your license. That you just No, you have been set free. Set free from what? From the law which is sin and death to you, it's the system of saying, if I do things for God, he will be pleased and bless me. And if I don't, he will, well, we don't say curse in our Christian circles. We say discipline. Father loves me, you know, it says in Hebrews. He disciplined those he loves. That's not saying God's mad at you for messing up. But that's how we think. We ought to think what sets me free is the promise of God that he's given me his spirit. His spirit can change my heart. His spirit can do anything it wants to me. His spirit can use me in any situation. I don't even see the cup of cold water I gave to somebody, but the Holy Spirit used it to spread something. The smile, the touch, the service, whatever it is that you do, and you do during your day. You're driving a bus. You're, 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 you're fixing a car. You're, you're doing anything. The Holy Spirit's using you. How do I know that? It's a promise. That's how we live. There's no condemnation. And we've been separate. Well, well, there's a new law, the law of the Spirit. Yeah, the law of the Spirit is, it's all the Spirit. That's the law. The Spirit does it. That's what it is. This is, this is the gospel. 
And the whole premise of Paul is he's not ashamed of this gospel. The whole premise is he stands on this, stands on the building of the law, the foundation of the law that he knows better than you and me. He was a Pharisee by training. And then, and he stands on it and he says, you know what? I'm not afraid of the leap. I'm not ashamed of the gospel. For it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. The righteousness of God is revealed from faith for faith that is written, the righteous shall live by faith. I am not ashamed of the gospel. It is by trust in Jesus, full stop. Everybody. And when he says the power of God for salvation, he doesn't mean conversion alone. Salvation is it all, right? All the words we want to put in, and it's like a big circle that holds it all. What does it hold? It holds conversion. It holds adoption. It holds redemption. It holds righteous, justified. It holds glorified. It holds sanctified. It holds all the words. God, who began a good work in you, will be faithful to complete it. How? By the Spirit. Not by you. Okay, precious people, would you today take the leap? Maybe you already have with me. It's okay. But, but as you prepare for that, get ready for the pushback in your own heart and in people around you. Oh, foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you? Because people do. They don't seem to like trusting in Jesus alone. These people, they don't seem like the bewitching types. They're earnest they're logical, they're well-put-together people, they're well-dressed, they're in order, they're obedient types, they're adding to the cross. So come on, stand with the broken people. The dirty, the real, because the real is that we're in the family. By what God has done in Christ, He keeps us, He blesses us with the blessing of Abraham. Jesus became a curse for us so that we're never cursed. We have the promises particularly the Spirit, oh, the promised Spirit through trusting Jesus, not through our obedience to moral principles, not in our excellence in our parenting or our marriage, instead through everything we know. The Holy Spirit is at work. But, 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 but Dax, I fell into sin. I know, it's terrible. I hate sin. You're forgiven. Let's not sin anymore, but let's know the Holy Spirit is the important thing. You're forgiven in Christ. Right? Jesus, through his spirit, works at the level of your desire. So if you see something wonderful to do, do it. And be free. Live openly. Rejoice in the light of God, which is the truth of Jesus Christ and his forgiveness for you and me. Oh, it is freeing. There is now no condemnation. And it means trust is the only way, including trusting in forgiveness for your sin. Jesus forgives me. We need to speak this to each other. We need to speak forgiveness and purity in Christ, right? Not in yourself. I can't make you pure. I can't make you forgive. But Jesus, he promises. And we need to encourage each other in the truth to combat these lies. What lies? Lies. You're not really God's child. Look how badly you're living. Lies. You would be more loved if you would only change. Lies. If God really loved you, you wouldn't have that struggle. Lies. If you just made different choices, you could control and open up God's blessing for you. No. No, no, no. 
You are blessed in Christ. He has come. He is yours. You are his. You are a treasure in his eyes. He has sealed you with his spirit by you just trusting him, hearing and believing, not going back to a law to keep relationship with him, but this entirely new way. So let me tell you today, the gap is there. It is our fear. We have found seeming safety on the top of the building. It is an illusion. We hear the sounds of the approaching destruction, but we think, what next? Well, this is the leap. To actually realize your life is in the spirit, to jump the gap to the other building, the one you actually have life in. Him for you, not for some stopgap salvation that only works if you keep him happy. Oh no. Oh, adored child. Actually trusting. He adores you every moment. He's using you right now. Your actions aren't going to shake him. You are free and he is yours forever. We are forgiven and saints. That means holy. By what? By his precious blood. Oh, he did it for us. It is enough. Come on. Take the leap.